Welcome to the Bound Pass Podcast. Your host, Bobby McDonald. I'm going to do a shorter pod today. Uh, sure, I didn't get anything out on Thor's Day. and crazy busy for the past few weeks, but this one, they will hopefully come out later today on Saturday. We're calling this on Saturday afternoon. And uh, board she did it over. Um, not a lot of people, including me, have done place a lot of blame on that last game on Zach Levine. I'd just like to quickly say, we're not anywhere near that game if, without Zach Levine. That we're not, we lose to Toronto about Zach Levine. If Zach Levine didn't play at all NBA level from December on, we're probably giving Orlando like the shit's pick in the draft this year. So, yeah, like, I know that a lot in the offseason don't be talking about how Levine can't carry a team to the playoffs. But guess what? Neither can Damon Lillard. We saw that this year. Luka Doncic didn't carry his team to the playoffs. Jimmy Butler, who I'm sure a lot of people don't point out that the board traded Butler for Levine. That who were the board playing last night? Jimmy Butler. And Butler had a much better team around him than Levine has around him. And they were in the same situation. Either lose that, that last playing game and go home or go and get smacked by the Bucks. Alright, so that's my thing on Levine. Um, I understand that a match contract has to come with a shortened level of expectations, and I think, and I understand, like, the NBA, when they were making the match contract, they didn't do it with players like Zach Levine and Bradley Beal and with the borderline all-NBA guy, even Jalen Brown, I think, who's probably going to get one in the next year or two. Um, the I know the press conference is going on right now with AK. He had a quote I'm going to read. He said, blow it up, we build. It's not on our mind. So uh, we changed our mind in the two, 2021 season to focus on winning and try to build a sustainable program here. So, I don't think they're going, and I don't think they're the World War War for on rebuilding next year. Um, I'm going to kind of move into the offseason preview part. I don't think there's a lot to say. Um, and honestly, if we win that game yesterday, we, I think we should have. We were in position. I think we are up by five with six minutes left. But uh, winning that game shouldn't change anything, like, it shouldn't. Like the he will probably don't get swept by the Bucks. We'll probably would have maybe have beaten them in a game. You know, the Milwaukee had like a new swap site game for us a lot. But uh we maybe win a game. I think it's similar to last year. We probably win either game two or game three and then the Bucks take to a business the rest of the way. But uh I think the big thing is we need to add shooting to the team. I think yesterday with a prime example, Miami would have able to pack the paint, make it hard for Levine and DeWilden to get to the mid-range, get all the way to the basket, and we just never prioritize shooting. And this is something that, what I'm talking about, Levine especially had never been set up to succeed in Chicago. He never had been. The, the fact that he's the only three-point threat, you know, like J.J. Reddick was talking about this on his pod uh, with Whistler Jefferson. 
with a great podcast, highly recommend. But uh, he was saying, Oi and uh, Golden State, they do work, and Koi and Quay were top two guys in wide open threes. And it's because they had two guys like that, that the defense had to honor. And the boards, it's it's easy to defend the boards. It's when Levine has the ball, you can put everyone in the paint because the no shooters. When the world didn't have the ball, Levine, you guard him out on the perimeter and you put everyone else in the paint. And Levine, I think, it, just adding other shooters, I think, would not only open up space for Levine and the world to be able to get to the back, to get to the mid range game. But I think it would also open up more open looks for Levine. Because now I feel like in the pregame and every harder they're saying, you can leave everyone but Levine. To stay glued to Levine, everyone else can, you can leave open. And so I think adding shooting, not only to benefit our battle players, but also we just need more three-point shooting. I think we maybe moved up from 30th in point from the three to 28th by the end of the year, that's just not good enough. I like, I thought it would cool last year, like, yeah, it would cool to be like screwed to 3.0, like, would have done shoot mid lane, and we were doing pretty well at it. And I, I think it's cool that the world can be a 25 points per game store at a perimeter guy without shooting three. I think it's cool that SGA can average 30 without shooting three. 100%. All right. But you need to be able to put shooters around those guys. And, the board haven't been able to do that. And I'll say this about DeRozan. He doesn't need to be Dame Lillard pulling up from the logo. He doesn't need to be Quay Thompson running through screen and taking off-balance three off the catch. At this point in his career, he should be a better spot-up three-point shooter. He just should be. And the I.O. didn't take the jump we were hoping for to shoot all. Patrick Williams... I don't think took the leap we were hoping for at a studio. I think he made good strides elsewhere in his game. But I think the big thing for me is RP didn't we're doing what AK is saying and we're not gonna rebuild. The priority need to be shooting. I like and honestly, if this defense is for real, and I think it could be like honestly, like we played good defense yesterday. Like Miami had a Tough matchup for it. We have to put Caruso on Butler, who's like a big win type. We don't have like a great matchup for Butler. I don't think we have like an awesome matchup for Hero, too. And we play good defense on them. We forced them. I think they only stole like 106 points. Like, in today's NBA, you hold your opponent to that level, like, the you should be able to pull that game out. And our offense that have been good enough, and they all come back to three point shooting. And oh, I'm sorry, Miami only scored 102 points, so even more so. And uh, um, one guy that I would like to mention, and I've been reading some free agency preview, they say that they, they're guessing he's going to sign around a task pay or mid-level exception. So that's about 4 or $5 million. Uh, Chef Corey, who is on the Nash right now, he's the guy that I feel like, we can put him into like the Iowa war and just add another shooter to the team. I know he have been haven't been a good the past year or two because he's been injury prone. Always seemed like he's working his way back from something. But the Chef Corey we saw in Philadelphia, and I know we don't have a player like Embiid to draw attention in, 
I think that player, the Seth Curry that would in Philadelphia, I think that guy would maybe quote game for us. That's because we need another guy that can go in and knock down shots, just like I'm saying. And so I think that's a guy, I don't know, I think the hope would be we could maybe go to him and be like, hey, listen, we'll give you as much money as you can get going to a contender. We'll give you a bigger war, maybe a shorter deal so you can, if you ball out for us, you can get another payday. And if we suck, we'll trade you at the deadline to a contender. I think that would be the hope instead of you go to, like, when Horst kind of talked about this sometimes, the players are very hesitant to take a veteran minimum deal because it's hard to go from that to then getting a decent payday. It's like once you are a veteran minimum contract guy, then you pretty much are that guy for the rest of your career. It's like it's hard to get that label off. So I think that would be like the pick to Seth Curry. If you go take a small payday for a contender, that's just who you are. And uh, we can give you a bigger award than you get on a contender being the eight for nine guy. And, you know, I think that guy, I think we definitely need more shooting off the bench. I think Corey will come off the bench for us. But now everyone in the lead are looking for these type of guys, but a forward that can shoot. And I know we went Apple Gallinari in the offseason pretty hard, and he picked the shelters over us. Uh, he maybe would have brought in disguise for us because he ended up getting injured. Hopefully he able to recover and have another productive few seasons in the NBA. But even like, I know everyone in the NBA wants forwards that can shoot off the bat and even forwards that can shoot in their starting lineup. But adding a guy like that into like the Jarrett Jones, Devontae Green more, like, I think Devontae Green was taking pretty good slide as a shooter. It's unfortunate that we essentially lost him to injury. But, uh, a backup power forward that can come in and knock down some shots, I think, would be big for us. Um, in terms of who I think we should trade and keep, it really comes down to value. I'm, I don't think anyone on the team, I know I've defended Levine a lot, if a team is willing to give us a good deal, then yeah, we should take it. And like, to me, like, I know Zach Lowe loved the idea of, of Westbrook and two fourth round picks for Levine. I think even he would say, in hindsight, that probably been a bad trade for the boards, given how they're being played down the stretch. But it can't be that kind of deal. All right, we need like the we need like multiple first round pick. I don't want bad salary. And like I said, it pretty much how I felt with the trade line. If a team is willing to give us a hundred and ten cents on the dollar or a hundred and fifteen cents on the dollar, which said if you look around the league at like the Devontae Moy trade. Right, the Woody Gobert trade, even the Diamond Mitchell trade, now that have worked out great for Cleveland. I think before, that's right on paper, they probably overpaid for him. And I think you just look at all those things, like you just have to overpay to get guys like that. And if teams are willing to overpay for our best guys, then yeah, it's something you highly consider. Um, Caruso, I think it's a prime trade candidate. And I love Caruso much of anyone. I think he's like, with no question, our fourth best player this year. And I think we can, if he can get a legit peach bag, even if it's like a young player or a draft pick, if we can get a legit peach for him that we can maybe flip, you know, at the trade deadline or later in the offseason, then like that's something that I think we should look into and say, I actually think our defense held up pretty well without him. Like we were top five defense. I think he wore the uh, force him our defense for four. He went out there for 30, 45 minutes a game. Like we played good defense without him too. And, I think you got it, whether it's Patrick Williams, 
Dalen Taylor, who didn't get much run this year, or Io if we bring him back. Kobe and Levine have gotten better at defense every season. Like, I think they're the award that we try to trade Caruso, get legit asset back. Use that asset either right away or through the course of the following season to go out and get a legit shooter and then hope that through internal development we can add a group collectively. Everyone playing 5-10% better on defense can get to the point where we're able to be the same level of defense without Caruso. And Caruso, like, honestly, he did a better than this team. He, like, he quote James for that Lakewood team in the bubble that won the championship. I, I know some people are pretty down on him offensively. Um, I think he would quote game for a ton of teams in the in the playoffs in the finals. Like Nuggets, he was, I feel like he's a quote for them. I think that would be an interesting. They have some nice young players. Maybe we can work out a deal there. But uh, I think he would quote game for a ton of places. And that I think that really should be honestly. So I think he kind of prime trade guy. But like I said, no one should be untouchable. And I will say this: it might not make sense. And I know a lot of people last offseason are like, "What are the board doing?" And this might not help the what are the boards doing. I think if hypothetically someone offered a really good deal for DeRozan, but it's like two or three players with no dwapers, and it kind of like, it's a good deal. I don't, maybe like, did a Nash deal, or maybe we would get Dorian Finney-Smith, and maybe Joe Harris, maybe someone else, the guy that can, so we're deeper, we have more shooting, and it's like a good deal value-wise, and then another team offered a ton of draft picks for a different player, or maybe a really good draft pick for a cool show. I think we'll show Asset Dry right now that if teams are willing to give it good value, even if it's like doesn't, even if we make two deal that team like, oh, that's weird. You traded Crucial for a draft pick, and then you traded the world in for guy to fill out your starting lineup and bench battle. Like even doing that, because I think we'll show Ash at dry right now is something we should look into and just get value in the door. Even if we decide halfway through, season we want to rebuild. Maybe like I said, we get a Dorian Finney Smith type or. The world, and we can flip him for another pick or two. Um, I think we didn't need to bring value into door. And um, I do have a Jimmy Butler trade rant that I'm going to save for the State of the Union with uh, Steve that we'll probably do at some point, probably after the playoffs. Um, but I'll just say this the, I have, I see it everywhere on boys Twitter, pretty much whenever we lose the game. Zach Lowe, Tim Bontans, Nick Fidel, you know, pretty much the ESPN crew of guys cannot talk about the board without putting up the Jimmy Butler trade. And I think that is so far missing the point of the board problems. And, oh, well, what did the board still have Jimmy Butler? He had since quit on two teams since the boards. That's all I'm going to say. And I, I'll, I'll save the full rant, like I said. But he would... He went to Minnesota, a team with much more talent than the board had, and was there for like five months, and it like, get me the fuck out of here. And then he went to Philadelphia, a team that had way, 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 way more talent than he would have ever had in Chicago around him, and pretty much looked at Ben Simmons and was like, get me the fuck to Miami. And keep in mind, we go through those two trade routes, but I get this rant might be a little extended, but the, 
no one when Zach Lowe and Tim Bompan had talked about Minnesota, he didn't bring up the fact that they traded Jimmy Butler for Robert Cummington and Dario Charles. Or when they're talking about Philadelphia, they don't bring up every time that they traded Jimmy Butler for fucking Josh Richardson. Uh, we got probably more in the Jimmy Butler trade than the other two teams that traded him got combined. All right? We got a legit top 25 player in Levine, and we got two pretty good prospects in Chris Dunn and Lowry Martin. And Lowry Martin ended up developing after the Chicago dates, but still, you know, I don't. I think that's so far beyond the problem that Chicago is having that they traded Jimmy Butler. And if we kept Jimmy Butler, you know what would have happened? A, he was our best player for two years. We missed the playoffs the first year in a terrible Eastern Conference, like the all-time bad Eastern Conference we missed the playoffs with. And no one bring that up, that we built around him for two seed and missed the playoffs the first time. Second time, we made the eight seed by going 40 and 42 in another terrible Eastern Conference. Lost to Boston in the first round. And I think if we give Butler the max, with the two more seeds in the century that, you know, missing the playoff or being the A seed, and then he'd pushing away to probably Miami or wherever he wanted to go in the first place. Maybe Minnesota to be with Tibbs or maybe Philadelphia or whoever. It does kind of mess up the timeline in terms of Jimmy Butler. But I don't see a world with Jimmy Butler on the board in 2023 and we have a contender built around him. Like, there's just no way. We had no way to get good draft picks and maybe we could have gotten more value for him. But, yeah, I would definitely want to do more Butler trade talk with Steve. But, uh, we'll cut it there, and so I think the big thing, big takeaway, though, I'm not against trading anyone. Uh, I do think we should resign Kobe White, who the uh, free agent. Uh, point him back. He's young enough for either way. Even if we go do a slight rebuild, not fully tearing it down, we can keep him. I think he should maybe even be our starting point guard next year. Like that kind. Of, I, I know I've been complaining all season about how we don't have a point guard. The maybe. That can be our answer, and we can focus out limited resources on getting shooter shooter around. Because honestly, the top five defensive for real, and we can put guy that can actually hit shots around Levine and DeRozan on offense. Like, I think that's something. And like, this is a make or break off season for AK. Make or break. All right, this is will he'll make it legacy at a Chicago board. He'll board fun office guy and I'll say this I'll give him some credit I think he's getting a lot of hate on Twitter and I think some of it is fail I'll say this Lando I said on Steve with Steve earlier this season I think Lando is our second most valuable player alright and I know a lot of people like even going into season were saying even with Lando you guys wouldn't be that good but this one through it worked for it. I think we obviously would have been better than Toronto we were better than Toronto without Lando I think we would have been better in Miami We've been better than Atlanta, who the seventh seed. I think we've been better than this Brooklyn team. I think honestly we've been right up there with the Knicks and Cavs. Maybe you want to put it at the bottom and we'll just hit seed. That's fine, but I think the team that Acme put together is a lot better than it get credit for. We got unlucky with Delando injury for sure, but also we hold the entire offseason and how it kind of turned into like the. It's been kind of a one joke that for, like, four years at, at the end of guard pass era, but, like, well, we, we Derrick Rowe toward ACL, and that totally fucked up our timeline, and we couldn't do anything. That would have kind of, like, the one joke, one accused that guard pass would say that one would, like, water-eyed at it and be like, you had three years to figure something out. All right, 
it seemed like we, this was kind of a lost season, and Acme was pretty much like, well, Londo, you know, he's probably our second most valuable player, and we didn't have him at all. All right. And I think this season has failed, because I don't think anyone knew what was going on with Londo this year, and it sucks to lose the season, but I think I'm okay with that for this season. They don't have that excuse for next year, all right? We've seen a report that he probably going to miss all of next season, or at least most of it. So they don't have that excuse to be like, we're just going to wait until Lando gets back. And I understand Lando, like I said, we need a point guard, we need a knockdown shooter, we probably need more side than the wing, and Lando checked all those boxes for us. And I do think adding a player of that level would take us up to like the Knicks and Cavs level of a team. And... But like I said, they, they don't have that excuse anymore. So make or break off season for them. So we need to add shooters. Either way, I think bringing shooters, shooting into the door need to be a priority because our young players, they need shooters around them to not thrive. Like, they all want to get to the basket. Io, Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, they all want to get to the basket. So even if we're not going to do a sweat, we probably need to add shooters. We're trying to compete. We even more so need shooters. So shooting, 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 shooting. And this is a make or break season for the front office. And I don't think anyone should be untouchable. Everyone and will gain a good deal back for him. So that's kind of my board off season preview. Uh, kind of nice that I don't have to watch him get smacked around by the Bucks. I did kind of think that I woke up this morning and looting four games, probably by like 20 points to the Bucks, would not have been fun to watch. And, I, and like I said, if we beat Miami last night, that shouldn't change anything about this offseason. It just shouldn't. I, being, the fact that we were in that spot showed the problems that we have. And go, even if we went and beat Milwaukee once or twice, I, I don't care. Right? That shouldn't change anything. Beating Toronto doesn't change anything in that fourth game. Looting Toronto shouldn't have changed anything. All right? So that kind of might take big off he didn't have for the board. All right. Thank you for listening.